Welcome to episode 83 of Tactical Crouch. That's right. It's your week five recap show. I'm Kick Tripod, joined, of course, by Yiska and Volamel, and we've got a packed show for you. Before we get started, though, a couple of quick things. Show is completely supported by our patrons. Go to patreon.com slash tactical crouch if you want to support it. We've got a lot of great people uh, supporting the show. Uh, and we're going to be posting the pre-show and post-shows uh, because we just hit another milestone. So, uh, yay. Milestone! So, thank you so much. I believe um, we've got another one coming up at $500 a month. So, uh, thank you so much for doing that. Nice. That's pretty badass. Um, other than that, I think that's it. Let's get started. The recap show this week is brought to you by our patron producers, Battle Crab, Pin, Lulshin, Charlie L, Audio Compass, Pork Chop, Sammy, Kasha67, Coochie Kopi, and Salsa Boy91. Thank you all so much for your support. We love you. We'll be talking to you soon. I can guarantee it. All right. Week five is in the books, lads. It was... Uh, the best of spectating, it was the worst of spectating. It was the best of dive, it was the worst of dive. It was the best of EMPs, it was the worst of EMPs. You get what I'm saying? Very polarizing, uh, I think, week. And we're going to actually kind of rehash, if, if you weren't here for the post show, or you're listening on audio, or on YouTube in the, for the VODs, we had kind of an interesting discussion about um, just the overall quality of play and whether it's good or bad for the scene overall. And um, we're going to basically rehash that whole conversation and have it again because it was good. I think we got to flesh out a lot of our thoughts and ideas on it, but it's something that we want everybody to uh, hear. And so let's, let's, um, let's maybe start it this way. So, Joe, back when Hero Pools were announced, um, <clears throat> I would say you were the most vocally against Hero Pools out of the three of us. I think all three sure. of us had uh, very strong criticisms of it, um, but I would say you were the most vocal of it. And one of the big uh, reasons cited, I think, for everybody on the show was the mm. quality of play would go down. Sure. And um, overall, it would hurt the uh, integrity. Would you, would you say competitive integrity is the? It's not like cheating, but it's just it lowers it. Yeah, it lowers <clears throat> it lowers the at least the skill or the the preparation the the mm. game outside the game. Um, and uh, do you think that that is what we saw? This weekend. I thought it out. Um, I think even with more information coming out, um, you know, players and coaches talking about how and what was being played and 
the vast opinions on what was good and what was bad and who is good and who is bad. Um, yeah, the level of play is significantly decreased. Um, after watching it, however, I do think that there is a way for us to return to a strong level of play. We, we just have to accept that it'll take time. Um, but without a doubt, I would agree that the level of play this week uh, compared to weeks previous was obviously lower. Um, was it more entertaining? Um, that's that's an objective question that it seems like a lot of people have a, a positive reaction to, which is which is good. Um, if this is supposed to be uh, integrating more people into watching the game and being more excited about watching the game, this this does that, but at the cost of having a competition, and that was what this was billed as as, as a competition. It's a league. It's a championship. It's it has all of the markings of a competition with just these constant roadblocks and, and changes being tweaked to make it less of a competition. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with it right now. Um, if I, if I can Michael Bay my brain and just turn it into transformers mode, then yeah, I, I probably would be able to watch it and, and enjoy and, and just kind of enjoy it for enjoyment's sake. Um, it, it's just kind of re re getting to that point or changing how, how to think about the game because it's, it's very, very different. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. But yeah, to answer the question, yeah, lower levels of play, not super enjoyment or enjoying for me, not super enjoyable. So see, I kind of had a, a different experience here. So I, I, and I said this in the pre-show, I have to kind of watch Overwatch League with, with two hats. One is my like casual, smooth brain. I'm just like chilling, keeping an eye on the wow auction house. Well, I've got it open over here and just kind of like, oh, cool. This is fun. And then I actually like try to like sit down and analyze and look at the plays and 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 you know try to try to be Joe or Yiska for an hour or so and then and get really tired and hungry and then lose interest. And mm. the the spectating experience I think for me and I think for a lot of people who aren't using an analytical lens or don't have just a natural tendency towards like an analytical strategic lens when watching esports. I think really enjoyed it. I had a lot of friends who are they play quick play or sure. they just try to get their loot boxes every week in arcade and they tuned in this week and really enjoyed it and we one of the worst things I would say about Overwatch's acceptance as a mainstream esports one of the biggest obstacles has been the barrier to entry for a spectator. Would you agree? Um, I would. I just don't agree with where you're going with it. Yeah. I just so, don't agree with the next part. So the, the, what I was getting on Twitter is that the, the more hodgepodgey, less set mm -hmm. up play style made it more fun and interesting. And you felt like you had a grasp of the story of the fights a lot more than um, just kind of an explosion of deaths on your on your feed all at once. I think I think I agree with the first part of that sentence and I vehemently disagree with the last part. Um, dive in general and and this this lower level of play that is is very apparent um makes it a very difficult to tell who is actually winning um case in point look at paris philly last map oasis it was tough it was back and forth it was very fun but it had no through line you couldn't tell who was winning 
And that's 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 what I believe people are actually hint- getting at is this was more fun. And I completely like again, I can't I can't argue with what you enjoy, right? Like that's just a subjective question. But I think in a in a lightly objective way, it's tough to kind of say that there was a more clear throughput with how messy these games were. I, I guess I I don't mean clear throughput as much okay. as I do like um like you you you're following the tracer and things are dying or they aren't. Sure, yeah, it's it's very dynamic. Like it's I, very it's I think very it's m- dynamic, and I think it's kind of fluid. linear in that in that. I mean the the deaths sorta, were, sorta. Were, were straddled a lot, so like the fight yeah. went on for like three minutes or just something ridiculous, mm-hmm. right? And so, but you were able to kind of follow this. Uh, in this case, they were doing a lot of spectating on, I believe, the tracer and the winds. Sure. And yeah. you were able to just kind of follow where the action was going and things it always were dying puts you in the action. or not yeah. versus like always having to watch the top right and top left and look for the discord. And, oh, did they, was that a hack? Was that not? Are they frozen? And yeah. having to take all, a lot of these off screen cues or not off screen cues, but off gameplay cues to the actual sure. state of the fight. Um, I think that is where people felt a little bit more. I, I, like I, I want to say safe to spectate or whatever would be, you know, the right term, a little bit more. Yeah, like, I think that's a good way to put it. It's, um, it's, it's not, um, you don't need any kind of like extra knowledge about the game. You don't need to have played the game to watch somebody shooting someone. You kind of understand that you've, you've had, you've played any number of, you know, if, if you've played your first game or if you've only seen games, you've, you've probably experienced some sort of, you know, shooting a, a shooter title, an FPS, a third person shooter, regardless, if you shoot somebody with a gun, usually they, they take damage and die. And that's what we saw. And that's what people can relate to. And that's what kept people engaged. They didn't understand it any better, but it was trumped by the entertainment. It I was think the illusion was stronger that they understood what's going on. But if you think you follow the tracer and the tracer gets the kill, you now understood why that kill happened. No. You're out of lo- shit out of luck, guys. Like, yeah. you really didn't. You had no idea what pressed the Zen or whatever in that zone. How, or... how, did the, how did the opportunity for Tracer to get that kill happen? Yeah. That's, that's, that's how the game actually works. Not like, oh, well, they killed them, so therefore they're better. Well, obviously not, but... Yeah. It's it's still very difficult to kind of understand, but it it makes the ending more fun, more interesting, you know, to to some people, um, and uh, maybe a little bit more clear. And just in terms of how it happened, I shot my gun, they died. Sweet. I don't need to know about you know. And again, speaking from the fans' perspective or, or a general fans' perspective, they don't need to know how that happened, or maybe they're not interested in how the widowmaker got that angle. They just want to see that they did and. They got the kill and it's exciting. Wow, cool. Pulse bomb. Those are all engaging aspects of Overwatch. That the we've the kind thing of... is, that has nothing to do with hero pools, by the way. No. Absolutely 0% to do with hero well, pools. Like, the. Uh, expound on that. What you're saying is, I like dive. I do too. Hard enforce that and let's play that for so a month, you... let's say. So I want to I want to dive down because I, I have a feeling this is something that viewers are going to get caught up on, yeah, and misquote you on, and so this is where I stop it, <laughs> and, mm. and we discover this a little bit. Mm-hmm. So hero pools has you're, you're saying hero pools has nothing to do with the fact that we saw this 
more uh, exciting kind of loose play style. You're saying that's just that's just dive. I mean, the loose play style and the less perfect play style, that is the reason for Hero Pool. Like, the lack of quality. That is Hero Pools. The fact that we're playing Dive and Tracer and these fun aim heroes is not a, uh, like, or let's say, that is a a symptom of something that could be derived from something yes. completely else. As That's in, hot, hot buffing uh, Dive before the season, for instance. Yep. You can right. you can arrive buffing to Winston. week five's meta in other ways. Hero pools was just the unintentional way that Blizzard Blizzard kind of guessed that it would. But somehow I, I, I don't I think, think and in that sense, by the way, amazing meta yeah. for for hero pools to be introduced. I think people just like someone points at the moon and they mistake it for the finger. That is pure. It's not even luck, it's incompetence of teams that we saw dive. Yeah, so and we're going to discuss, I think, probably after this about, um, you know, how, how the meta was kind of figured out to be something even slightly different. Not slightly different, very different. Um, mm. But going to this, though, do you think, though, that Blizzard, you, you say this was an unintentional meta by Blizzard, but it was also, I feel like, a very intentional circumstance to, to say, you know what, let's just throw caution to the wind here and say, you know what, some week dive is going to end up being a thing. Another week, I, yeah, bunker I can't is gonna disagree with thing. that statement. Like, I don't, I, 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 I don't think that. Uh man, what's the right way to say this? I think that Blizzard knew the chaos they were putting the meta in. And mm -hmm. purposefully did so anyway. Yeah. And every, I think the argument that this meta was a co coincidence could be made every week. And yeah. I agree that some yeah. metas are going to be more fun than others, but it's better mm -hmm. than a stale, unfun meta. I think sure. this Blizzard's. Sure. I, I don't think anybody would. Very few people would disagree with that statement. I think yeah. it's just the vehicle that they've chosen to get to not having stale unfun metas is what we're disagreeing on. Um, right. I can't dis I can't it's it's very difficult for me to disagree with it. Like it's not unintuitive. They didn't do it on purpose. Well, yeah, of course, like you can say that for everything like, um, yeah, they knew they were going to get dive. They knew they were going to get bunker. They knew they were going to get, you know, something that was similar to goats. Like, yeah, of course, um, when you when you just throw things up to chance anything's possible um but i don't think they knew that this is what people actually want this in particular this 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 part of the so, pie this specific hand of cards is what people are actually interested in. so you think that people want dive if, if i could oversimplify I, sure and i think this is more for for yiska specifically are you saying that in your mind, that's what the general people want is dive. I think I mean, they wanted to see DPS heroes that actually aim. Yes. Like in terms of that. And they wanted to see something new that wasn't Goatsy or wasn't sure. the playoff meta. And um, we, if we, those we, two components would have been uh, entailed in that novelty and these fun characters, then everyone's happy. I'm, I'm only, I, I agree, guys. Like, okay. Shocker, I just, but I actually agree with that. Yeah. Okay. I was just going to say, because when dive was a thing, 
after long enough, nobody was ha- happy about dive. And, and same with goats. And we've even yeah. had people saying, I want goats yeah. back. And it was just like, you know, it's, it's a constantly, the only thing that I think the Overwatch competitive Overwatch community has been consistent about is disliking stale metas. Yep. Um, more than anything else. And sure. I, I think a lot of people are like, but not at the expense of uh, quality of play, but I, it's, it's really difficult. How often can you change a meta and still maintain a high quality of play? Probably stage wide, right? I like that, that question. question. Yeah. I like that question a whole lot more than just saying, well, heck if I know, let me just roll some dice every week. Yeah. Come on, sideshow. See you later, yeah. legs. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't. I don't think any of us would disagree that you know the lottery aspect is in, isn't like entertaining, right? That that's an entertaining piece yeah. of content to see sideshow pull three soldier seventy six like tokens. I don't how long it takes them to actually load the thing up. Sure. Three, yeah. Three that, times. That could be done in advance. There's Jeez. there's refinement Come there, on, but that specific piece of content is fun, and that's probably the only silver lining that I'm I'm really seeing with this. Unless something like comes from, unless there's like a flower that blossoms from like the corpse of hero pools once it gets removed, right? Yeah. Um, if it, if and when it ever does, right? We don't know. Um, but it's just like a very um, incoherent vehicle to get to a solution that I think that Blizzard is very capable of doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and 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 this is Joe. I don't want to like put words in your mouth, but I feel like sure. when we when we discussed the announcements of hero pools. Mm-hmm. You just said, hey, if we just left it at aggressive meta-targeting balancing, yeah, we would have think you- the same or better yep. um uh, same or better system. Yeah. We would we would get we would get the the variety, we would get a little bit more parity because again, par I, I do think that in a in a vacuum, I think parity does equate to entertainment for some people, or for most people, I'd say. Um, so having close games, everybody wants to see something close. Everybody wants to see co- like an actual competition, not just somebody get four out. Right? It's very boring. Nobody wants to see that in in most sports. Nobody wants to see a blowout. They want to see something close. They want to they want to have some sort of hope, and that's what I think people tie a lot of parity to. So having aggressive changes and forcing cycles that that you can control and you can kind of like um, gauge or or try to refine your blizzard's own eye of what the people want they want aiming you they want more aim heavy heroes they want more fps elements they don't want you know goats just by and large um yeah i think you could do that and refine down the system that you can that that gets you to that point that vehicle let's just call it that you can you can make that vehicle better to get there on a more timely fashion the more you do it and just throwing caution to the wind and just leaving things up to chance, I think, is detrimental. Yeah. So, so at what point then is mm-hmm. the ability to adapt quickly to an unanticipatable meta something that we start quantifying for in the creation of teams and development of players? Um. Can you explain that a little bit more? So I think a big thing right now is um, you guys are, are discussing and, and a lot of people discuss skill as the um, almost like the ability to be able to practice on a certain meta or map pool okay. or whatever and be able to achieve that at a high level. And that's like 
the ultimate form of uh, skill, would you say? Um, the ability to practice? The like, is, uh, I mean, for example, these teams okay. had five days. Yeah, yeah. Right, so they had five days. They didn't have a ton of opportunity to practice, figure out the meta. Sure. Right. And that's going to mm-hmm. be the same thing for the rest of the season, presumably. I think yeah. there's like a small one-liner in the thing that says that they can basically change hero pools whenever, whenever they want. But let's face it, they're probably not yeah. going to for a while. Not very likely. So, which I which I kind of agree with, but I think that's a tangential point. But continue. So the the ability, so so the overall quality of games uh-huh. is lower because players aren't yeah. able to play the most skilled compositions in the most skilled ways. Well, it's not just not, not skilled comp composite. The most competitive. The most optimal. optimal. Would, you, would you agree with optimal? Optimal um, okay. compositions in the most optimal way. Yeah. At what? I, I think. Okay. So, at what point then does the ability to quickly adapt to these metas get factored into determining these teams and players' skills? I mean, I th- <sighs> in two years when we filtered through that in contenders and have selected for that those players, and of course they they are like hyper gifted individuals that mm. we it, ide- like an Urster, for instance like from the players are playing this right. kid could basically excel in everything it seems yeah. like there are a few just, players that are like that he just has like the brain infrastructure and like the connection between his hand and his brain that's just like just works you know and profit is uh similar to that for instance but um yeah i think that's a completely d- different skill set and i'm not even that's not even a problem for me, even though we have to say there was no real uh, warning before the season. Like, contracts yeah. were signed. No. Yeah. Everything was, in, was done deal. Teams had uh, very often maxed out their budgets and then it's like, sup, hero pools. And now, like, you, oh, now, okay. now there's actually a feasible world. Like, we joked preseason, like, well, are they really going to need a double hit scan? Yeah. There isn't. There are metas that are double hit scan. There are metas that are double projectile now that are a lot more um, double obvious. Tank, double flex tank. Yeah. Double, yeah. So yeah. now, now we have to revisit that question of, well, nobody was notified and everybody was was kind of done with their their roster building. Would you actually have changed your roster in the way that you designed it, or or maybe how many people you picked up, knowing that hero pools and and the way that they were going to change things um, are going to be implemented? I think. I I think I would hear a lot of people saying that they would change how they approach the offseason. Um, yeah. I, I know that immediately with Hero Pools, a lot of people were like, no, I don't think we change much. No, I don't think uh, things would change. I think everybody would do the same things, but I don't. Yeah, I, I think the reality makes makes for a better, like, gives you hindsight, obviously, with, with the experience. People, people wanted to build Formula One cars, and now we are in a mud race. Yes. And well, it's not just a mud race. It's 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 a triathlon. You have to be prepared for everything. You have it's to. A mud you have race. To be well, it's a mud swim. race this week, and then sure. it's then it's swimming uh, next week, and, and then it's, it's jujitsu the week after. Sure, yeah, dirt bikes. But, but even if we get the Formula One track, the Formula One car will still not be as fine tuned to Formula One tracks yep. as it used to well, be. Well, and right? the the so. driver of the Formula One car has been driving. Motorcycles yeah, and slogging in mud for the yeah, yeah, yeah for the past yeah, five yeah. weeks, and now they get to come yeah. back to something that I mean, arguably should still be better than you know what they've only been practicing one week on, but still, mm-hmm. uh, 
perfect analogy. Also, how comfortable are fans with games? Let's say 80% of the game being determined before the first minute of play starts. Do you feel good about that? Like, oh, how do you? we're talking, how, we're talking team building, we're talking uh, strategy finding, we're talking roster decisions in terms of like who you're fielding. Like, most of the game is determined, and then the rest is like actual play in terms of like individual performance. You think it was 80? I don't think I but, agree. And they, and they don't know that either, to be fair. Like, they can't know that. They can't know that like these teams scrimmed in a bubble where this is only played. So that's what they that's what they experienced within like the sure. 30 around 30 hours of scrim time that they had within a hero pool. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I agree with 80. Yeah, that feels a little hard. That feels that in feels what, hyperbolic. Sense, why not? But why not? Because that's like a, a like a extremely odds on favorite. And I don't think that's essentially predetermined. Those are those are betting odds that you should take every time. Yeah, those those are like very. I mean, aggressive we can't odds. know what, but like I I can guarantee you that the Outlaws having a better uh, planning, sure, and falling into the better meta situation for them this weekend mm -hmm. helped them. Right. No, one hundred percent. I think there are teams that have you know uh, benefits week by week, and there are teams that will fall, and some teams like bad teams that will get slightly better. But but that starts like, like from the preseason, right? Like nobody knew what happened, uh, what what would uh, the tasks sure. would be, right? Sure. Depending on what what your roster looks like, and keep in mind that it's also very hard to uh, throw your plans away and then redirect yeah, them during the season yeah. because of visas because of budgets because of uh, or already existing contracts that's 50 percent already easily team building yeah of every match then you gotta find the flexible coaches the coaches gotta have a good read on the um, meta that, that is going to happen uh maybe the the uh, scrim partner that you have needs to be quality the players that you field Dude, there are coaches that went into the first match, looked at the comp that the other people are playing, went, there's nothing we can do. Just lost. That, and that will keep happening. Right. I mean, and Houston was one of those teams, right? Where they they at least initially felt that Lucio Brig was going to be the... Or was yeah. it, uh, that was going to be the support. yeah Lucio Brig. They wanted to play like, you know, the super rush, you know, front, front heavy, or fr like pressuring the front line. Um, you know, Brig, you know, Dream kind of called it goats. Everybody kind of jumped on that. Obviously, it's not, but um, it, it so, has similarities. Um, and I and I do want to back up just one second because there is some confusion in the chat. When Yiska says eighty percent determined, it's not in some way that is like known in the sense of like because no, you're no, like, well, there was two not. there was two upsets this last week. If it was eighty yeah. percent determined, you should you know get your no. Yeah. Uh, your your um your uh, predictions get your wallet correct. out and start yeah, betting everything. You should get your predictions yeah. correct eighty percent of the time. Um, yeah, it's it's a little the twenty percent for me are how is the variance of the player that's playing on the servers, the overperforming, underperforming, and how much can coaches realistically change during the match in order to uh, change the outcome of the match? And sure. I don't think there's much that you can do. Like in uh, whatever happens, I'd be comfortable right? with like sixty to seventy percent. Yeah, I think there are there are obvious. Eighty is a little bit um, high for me, but there are obvious odds with with hero pools and how they benefit certain teams over others. Like 
if if a given style is strong, then a team that is favored with that style are are, are definitely going to be in a at a at a higher advantage. Um, if they have players that can play that style well, they're at a higher advantage. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that sentiment. I just maybe disagree with the and this, how much of an advantage they have. I, I don't have because these, it is messy. Yeah, I don't have the exact numbers on this, but I I would be willing to state that the second half of matches have been more competitive than the first half of matches. Would you agree? I mean, what do you mean by competitive? Close? Close. Or? Closer. Okay. So not um, better, necessarily. Yeah, so just like, and, and basically I'm getting to this is post-halftime, losing mm -hmm. teams have been able to make adjustments to make their teams play better. And I think that that feels a little bit more than that you know 10 to 20 percent that you're that you're putting to me the thing is like the halftime it's only a thing about the break length that changes it the coaches have time during the match to analyze they can talk to the players after every map and they can make substitutions the break is a little bit overrated as a breaking point of uh of play it seems like and um i'll also say i think people because I, this is an argument that is actually the crux of the arguments that I have. And it's really hard to prove from my side. But in my conception, like when people say people could theoretically compare, uh, prepare for all these meta situations, what yeah. they, what, like, they think they, it is possible to cover all meta situations or even let's say 80% of the meta situations that could arise from hero pools and balance changes nowhere close no, not not that. remotely close it's maybe 15 percent for the best teams or 30 percent for the best teams it's so much more complex than covering all the heroes which by the way is already a challenge but as we talked about like you know how many teams currently are breaking because a specific role is inopportune to shot call from that position on where their shot caller was that position then a new meta comes around and then it, well just get players where everyone can uh, shot call and also play very well. Shot yeah. callers only. There's like five in the world, my Open division team name, by the way. Shot callers the only. Tactical Crouch Open Division team. Shot callers only. It's like, that That doesn't work. You can not feasibly prepare for everything that the game could realistically throw at you. Like yeah. some teams, like I understand, by the way, if you're saying, telling me Washington Justice is underprepared, yes, I agree. They are not playing their odds well. They are like they they prepare probably a third as well as a team like San Francisco Shock does. That's all fine and dandy. They are Shock are probably among the teams with like Shanghai and Philly who maximize their chances of getting a good meta the most. That doesn't mean that it's necessarily the case that they can get every single meta that they want. Yes, I think. Like, for me, the breaking point is if the best team in the league falls under 70% win rate, it's unacceptable. Like, that, that if, if we are digressing so much towards the mean that the best team in the league cannot win 70% of their matches, it's over. This game's legitimately rolling dice. Well, I mean, it's already rolling dice. We've already we've already rolled dice, but the thing that I don't I don't think people are going to realize, and we're already kind of starting this, is that 
This game is incredibly social because it is so difficult to prepare for multiple different things. You're yeah. seeing Overwatch League teams coming in and having a bad look at the meta. Um, looking at Houston, looking at Justice, looking at, you know, this week, you know, people coming in and now we're increasing, we're expediting that, that, that kind of that, that meta churn. You're going to see a double down on how social the game is to a point where there should be a through line of a lot of heroes if they're not banned and a lot of the same styles as hero pools continues. And that's something that I, that I kind of posh or put forward in my drunken emotional rant um, that things with, with how much they want things to change, the less they'll change hmm. because you're forcing, you're trying to force change and to adapt because again, this is a, this is a game of competition. If I want to win, how, what's the best chance of me winning? Well, I have to come up with a style that is good at everything or, or good across the board and very rigid and very, you know, I can't, there's not, there's not a lot of ways that you can ban me out. I want to play very broad. So what's that one style? That is going to be solved and that's what's going to get played. The heroes may differ, but the style will feel very similar. What that is, there's a couple ideas, but I think that's going to be the end, not the end of hero pools, but like by the end of the season, if we still have hero pools intact, that's probably what you'll see is a very similar style. Not, not in time, not, not, not a ton of dynamic. It'll still feel very bland. I think we'll have to see like, so like, let's make sure that we remember this. Take a, take your pictures, your mental snapshot, because that's a, that's a big thing. And we should revisit that at the end of the season. It's going to be one of the first things that we revisit is did hero pools and aggressive meta addressing balance changes actually keep things as fresh feeling as they did today or this weekend? Yes. Yes. I think this also, was an anomaly. It's very important. Like, even if we all agree that this is amazing and it's great and it's fun to watch, even if that was all the case, we got to ask the question, is this sustainable for the people working this environment? Yes. And I have serious doubts that this is true. We've like people this I know it sounds like motivated reasoning because like I come from the point of view where hero pools is not uh, an amazing uh feature. I by the way, if you go back to the episode where it was announced, like I was actually quite positive on the radicality of the changes and I actually yeah. welcomed that uh, th that it was so radical maybe not the change in itself like for me like let that uh, experiment run a little bit longer and then I would once again go for a radical sh change until we find something fun <laughs> and sustainable the thing is and I it's it, that is really a perverse thing especially I see in the in comment sections also highly upvoted where people say the only ones that have to work overtime are the bad teams, and it couldn't be further from the truth. That's that. You also, uh, it is impossible to scale coaching staffs the way you think it does. It's not like you're getting like a meta discovery coach who then on the off day, while all the other coaches are uh, like on off and enjoying themselves, is sitting in his little cabin, takes in what like the the moment. Sideshow puts the blindfold on. He's just like calculating what should be run. It is a sim, like it's a it's a 
decision that everyone comes together and most importantly from trial and error you nobody in the world can predict matters in the world virtually absolutely zero people can reliably predict matters based on what the games throw at us without seeing scrims and without trial and error. It is impossible. So what do you need? You need the players to play it. You can have an educated guess. I, I wonder if you can come up with them by yourself. You well, probably we... want to do that in the, in, um, in the group discussion. You want everyone to be clued in. You want to have the idiosyncrasies of your team considered in the, those decisions. And you like the scalability is not there for that position truth is everyone's working 75 hours over six months and probably scaling up towards uh playoffs Again. now we don't even know how long the season will last if we keep in the confines of this it is not sustainable to clarify like, do we real fast, real talk real okay i i gotta do we want someone to hurt themselves is that when we say this is not sustainable do we genuinely need to seek like scars or something i don't understand dude it's so obvious to me like, it, it it's it's another one of those things that it's okay if it happens to somebody if they're way over there and it doesn't impact me whatsoever that's that's you know the 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 fan mentality i don't care if somebody leaves football with ct i don't care that um you know people could get injured and often do um because it doesn't really impact me it doesn't affect my life but if you were a little bit closer to that person, if you were related to that person, if you were, you know, that was your twin brother and or sister, you would care a lot. Um, you've already seen a lot of people burn out. You will see a whole lot more burnout um, to make you care. Your favorite player probably will burn out. Um, look up a medical definition of burnout. It's not just some sort of casual gamer thing that gets thrown out. It's a it's a serious thing that impacts you in a, in a lot of different ways. Um, I don't even remember where I was going. Oh, uh, real fast, just to clarify for Yiska, when he says 75 hours over six months, do you mean a week? Yeah, a week. Okay. Of course. So 75 hours a week over, you know, months at a time. And it doesn't stop there. Like during the off season, the coaches are just on as well. There's coaches definitely that take like a month off. There are coaches that never take a single day off the entire yeah. year. And that's so, the system that esports is kind of built. But go on, John. Sorry. So, and and I I didn't think that we would go down this road, and our timing is going to get totally yeah. totally yeah, yeah, by sure. this. But we have to we have to have the discussion now because otherwise yeah. this is going to be kind of taken out of context and our proportion. Because you Yiska, you talked about the high rated. There was uh, some other high rated comments about coaches discussing burnout and stuff. And and there's there's still this mentality that number one. You get to play video games for a living or analyze video games for a living. Therefore, 80 hour work weeks is not an actual yeah. true 80 hour work week. They don't understand. They can, really we, don't. can we address that first? Because we need to be very clear that in, in I think presenting solutions to like uh, high school sports and I believe college, college sports, a few sports actually have like mandated off days. Um, like if the league implemented, Hey, there can be no organized practices on Mondays. Would that create a better healthy system for the league? Yeah. 
I would. I think that's the the bold the bold next step for esports in general is to limit the amount of time you can practice. Um, that is going to be a tough a tough pill to swallow because for so long it has been unhealthy. It started in the early two thousands of people grinding and grinding and grinding and grinding and living unhealthy lives, um, having unhealthy relationships with you know what is what is really their job right they're a competitive eater they're a competitive gamer whatever like having if you view it as a job you wouldn't want somebody a, a normal health professional i would assume probably wouldn't want you to practice you know 10 to 12 hours a day wouldn't want you to work 10 to 12 hours a day so that needs to be mandated or people will do it because again they want to be the best well in in in, in you hit yeah. on i think what's an important point is that uh, to be competitive in esports, it's if it basically if you're awake, you're competing yeah. in some way or another. Yes. And, and this was the yeah. same way for for sports a long time. This was the same sure. way for, and it's it's tough because you, we we just talked about uh, the highest level of competition and competitive integrity and mm-hmm. always getting better and having a day like a dedicated day off as an example of something that would at least from a time investment perspective, hurt competition, especially short term, right? Because it's sure. a whole day. It's a whole 24 hours you lose to practice, think about um, whatever. Um, so I understand the, the the separation people make there. I think you would make the argument that long term, it would be beneficial because yeah. you have players and coaches who are able to play the game longer, are able to sustain healthy lifestyles outside of it. But even then, when you look at like professional sports athletes and stuff like they, I mean, yes, they're hitting the gym and they're, they're putting in full 40 hour weeks plus traveling yeah. plus whatever. And it's, it's probably more than 40 hours, uh, sure. let's be real. And, and honestly, I think all three of us probably work more than 40 hours a week. Like when we count every little thing that would technically be yeah. counted under work, considered work. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to, uh, 2020. But there's um there's uh the thing is just yeah, just real quick yeah, i i think the mandated days off come from a good uh good, good place, place but maybe a bad but it vehicle. doesn't do anything sure yeah i mean like it, people it has would to just like use that day like they would just sneak on their laptop or would get a notebook and think about the game yeah. what you got to do is build systems that disincentivizes or actually like you know depressurizes the system because currently every hour you put in is so much more important than it was last season yes when the meta is mostly figure out every hour you put in is like you know there's like a, uh what's it called the um describe it Pareto number like 80 20 uh, yeah like your every hour you're not spending exploring what the meta could be potentially scouting other teams and even talking to contenders teams they're screaming against or whatever or like you know whatever you you might do in order to increase your team's chances it is vastly more important than it was now 
again, this is not an argument I, I, I use in saying, oh, we should have one wretched mana. I'd like that, but I also realize that you guys don't, and we got to find a compromise. And we got to find a compromise that works with professionals working in the scene. We got to find a compromise that works with viewers, by the way. Also, yeah, I don't course. see the viewership increasing. Uh, Granted, yet. small sample size, to be fair. Sure, but I don't think that will happen. We will Neither see. Do I. We got to uh, look at the long tail for sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it's um, it's it's about building systems that take care of these situations, and also when a system is tried out and found impossible to sustain, then better switch it earlier than uh, not. And also keep in mind, like this, we we have ample of excuses now to go back on specific changes because of the uh, tournament situation or the homestead situation that we have yeah. like maybe we can figure something out maybe mid-season break let all the teams like play up to that point have the same amount of games and then figure out something else out because otherwise we're cramping hardcore as well so like in in terms of that like we've we have excuses to make radical changes again i feel because yeah. of that situation so Funny. um i don't think we're locked in necessarily in, in the current situation, and I really caution purely based on the professional side of the su sustainability side. I like I'm uh, I'm not trying to be a killjoy. Honestly, if there were if there weren't these parts, and I, it would just be okay. I don't enjoy the game as much anymore. I'd just go elsewhere. That's fine. Like I could just still write about ecosystems and whatnot. I, I wouldn't care that much, right? New game on the horizon. Like that's not a problem. But I see the damage that it does uh, or potentially will do, especially once we get on the road for real, yeah. like two other continents, and it is rough. It is rough. And it is as rough as we predicted it would be. Mm -hmm. So, And it's only, it only, it's only compounded on, in on itself with hero pools. Now, you, you brought up an interesting thought that kind of slapped me and, and kind of made me smile. Is hero pools supposed to be taken seriously? Is this the solution in a very unintuitive way where we kind of just give up and go, hey, you know what? Maybe maybe it's time to practice less because we don't know what to practice. So we are we're just like we have the World Cup attitude towards Overwatch League. Maybe. Ooh boy. Maybe. Is if maybe. that's if that's maybe that's a good thing to come of it. Maybe. And again, I don't think uh maybe the top teams, you know, again, I, I think people have a very maybe um stark view of what what it takes to win something because to win again means you have to maintain that and do more and to win again again means you have to maintain that second win and do more than that you have to you have to compete against everybody else to stay at the top it's not just you are the top you have to do everything else everybody else is doing and more that's how you stay at the top. That's how you win. It's not just some sort of blanket statement that you can regurgitate and they don't have to try to win. No, of course. Like they actually have to put in so much effort to be able to stay a top team and or repeat a championship win. So when people say things like, oh, well, the shocker just like obviously the best, it's like, well, we don't know that. A, we haven't seen them. And B, yeah. the, the, the game has changed. We don't know if they're the best. That's what the season's for. All right. I think we could go on for hours about this here. I, I know all three of us are really passionate, not just about 
the games, but the the ecosystem, the health of the players, the health of the coaches, yes. the health yes. of the scene long term. And we want this to be around. Yeah, we're and we rem- miraculously also filled the time that we would lose otherwise while talking in depth about matchups that we now absolutely don't understand why they happened the way no. they did. Like, right. Yeah. All right. Debated. So here we go. Let's talk about some of these matches. And the first one um, we are going to uh, discuss is match number one, the Toronto Defiant versus the Florida Mayhem. Uh, just a reminder, the Defiants were on paper favored against the Florida mayhem did not work out that way though. Um, one of the big things that we saw big changes from Florida as with Reinhardt being gone, we saw fate start all four maps. So we finally got an extended look. Uh, Joe, you look confused. Did I say something wrong? Okay. Okay. (laughs) I was just like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, we got an extended look at fate. Yiska. Um, how did you feel like he played? Well, <clears throat> it's it's weird to have a feeling where like you were certain when the, the question was asked like that to like seventy percent degree, and now I'm like, how do I feel about this? Ah, oh, yeah. Uh, let's say he played well. Um, <laughs> well, I think getting him on Winston is certainly um, it was expectedly uh, going to be. Uh, an improvement from him uh mm. fate of course like w- one of the guys that always had like very high primal value also understands the character um probably um on a higher level than he does winston at least in the uh, may meta i would assume um and in general um uh, it also seemed like he had some uh, synergy with his Tracer player. Um, and we saw some of those elements once again coming through. That, some of these moments had some reminiscent uh, elements where, like, for some ungodly reason, by the way, people played Zen when I can tell you all of Asia is playing Alan in that comp uh, and think Zen is trash. And. Um, but that, like this but that's, di- coordinated know. dives onto Zen is uh, is quite but, interesting. But isn't it weird that people or or there's an idea that that dive is trash? Yeah, you see what I'm saying? It's it's so social. You need to be able to test these theories because yes. at at, at yeah. their at their core they are theories. We can we can kind of X and O's and try to you know have some sort of game theory about it, but until you see it in practice, it gets difficult to either see how your opinion sure. is wrong or your theory is wrong or how somebody else's theory is right. Um, to be fair, they played against those specific meta things and to see those as evolutions. That doesn't mean they played against the meta played as by the exactly. teams. Exactly, yes. But uh, I would also wager that like, if Shanghai plays it, I feel like they play. 100%. Like, it's a safe assumption to, to think that there's probably only one way to play the comp. But I think it's different with different teams it's nitpicky but i i wonder if you know shanghai's um dive is as good or or as the same as philly's dive or is philly's dive the same as Seoul's dive there's always those intricacies that make things 
slightly stylized, even though I, I wish we would be more stylized in Overwatch. But um, yeah, things things are a little bit more. I think they're less cut and dry. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. In terms of fate, did we even really see him play? I remember him playing a lot of Orisa. I might be confusing him with uh, with a nut. Did you ask mm. if we've seen Fate play? No, no, no. I no, know no, we, we saw Fate we play. We saw him play, yeah. I think he and, played a lot of Orisa, though. I'm yeah. looking through it right now. Yeah, he played a, a whole lot of Orisa. So, basically, the only point that I really felt like I could make with this... Probably mistaken. If no, you're good. Uh, because there was a lot of... It was tough to follow. Um, it felt like Toronto lost that game rather than Florida played like extremely well. Toronto, like, definitely underperformed. This was the game with like the the bad EMP. Chris had his moments. I I'll, I'll give him that where he just kind of botched some of these dive defenses. But Toronto, by and large, didn't really perform well, especially with a a theoretical buff. So how much of that is then? Because I mean, we we saw Toronto basically free fall last last week. We'll say and um. It was kind of an important thing for them to to get a W here to kind of say like, hey, last week is just a bad week. Um, obviously losing to Florida. Uh, how far have have Toronto have Toronto fallen at this point? Do you think? I think again. I think we'll we'll see. Um, I won't try to quote any kind of math graph uh, names, but um, they'll probably peak again at some point but as of right now i think it's safe to say that they are in a valley um they are definitely they have fallen and probably will fall continue they will continue to fall like their game against justice next week is i don't know a hero pools exist and b toronto doesn't look all that great they don't look coordinated so if they can solve that within one week then kudos to them they can beat the justice but then can they beat london then can they beat the next team? And it's it's more of a, a a check past this point. But yes, I think against this Florida, against this this iteration of Florida, who in my opinion didn't really look all that strong. Uh yeah, it, it's not it's not great. It's not looking good. They have to change something, um, or maybe they have changed something and have to revert back to it. Something's not working. Something's not clicking. And I think it's going to take a long time to iron that out. So, Yiska, I know you and I, and of course I'm going to draw a power rankings um, conversation <laughs> out of this because it's totally a viable argument. Uh, you and I, I had both had Florida Mayhem above Toronto Defiant, I believe. Um, Joe, yeah, sure did. Joe did not, and no. he had the Florida Mayhem at 17 or 18, something very, very low, bottom five. Uh, with With this, do you think that the mayhem are playing as a sub borderline play in team, kind of like that gatekeeping team or are they, are they more playing down in, uh, in Joe land bottom five land? Uh, I think they, I think they are artificially propped up by the metas that we're currently running. They are a team that is definitely benefiting from, um, from, Brigitte being meta for one. I sure. think that's actually like that's a lifeline. Um and then generally if EQB can then also just play on a comfortable hero, they are also in, in a good position. Um I think generally 
yeah, it's like, I, I don't know, like right now, yeah, I think next week, probably, if I'm projecting what the meta will be, which I cannot do with any confidence, so I guess we say yes. I don't know. That's the type of conversations. <laughs> I really don't know. It's I don't think right. there's a difference. I mean, I think it's okay to qualify it. Like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not asking you to, like, stake, put money on it or anything, but, you know, you yeah. got to eyeball it. You got to go on feeling a little bit. We know that there's a lot that's out of your control, and that's okay. Uh, I mean, yeah. well, we can argue if it, that's okay or not, but that's the reality that we're in. Uh, because yeah, it, it's weird, right? Because, um, Houston or it's not Houston, Florida have wins against Toronto and Houston, um, Houston, mm. I, especially at the first few weeks, I think we could say we're the worst, second worst team in the week league, uh, for sure. Toronto free falling. I mean, Joe, I don't think that you can make the argument that Toronto isn't a bottom five team right now. Yeah, uh, in their current form, they are not great. Um, a lot of the if if to to bring it back to uh, power rankings for a moment, um, a lot of the the weight that I think certain teams were given uh, had a lot to do with their depth. Um, so that could factor into a Toronto uh, return to form or a rebirth for them, but. Yeah, as it stands right now, they are probably a bottom five team um, of the teams that have been playing currently um, and probably would would have been a bottom five team if those teams were playing. So, yeah, they're they're looking looking for a, a lifeline. And I don't know if there is a hero pool that that benefits them extremely well. Um, we, we ho I, I hoped it was dive. It's not. Um, at least it's not right now. Maybe there are reasons for that. It's tough to say. Um, but not looking great. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's tough. Both of these teams, I think, right now are underperforming, definitely to where I think that they should be. Um, yep. There's a lot going on, though. There's a lot of teams that are figuring out, I think, uh, where where they want to be. And, um, you know, Florida is one of those teams where, um. You know, we'll I think just, they're I think they're pretty situated towards the bottom. Um, well, it's kind of weird because like so obviously we have to largely ignore b the Pacific teams, right? So you have Boston mm -hmm. Uprising at the bottom. Toronto Defiant are one and four. I don't sure. know if I can put Florida below Toronto right now. Say that again. I don't know if I can put Florida below Toronto Defiant right now. No. Yeah, no, I don't think. Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. you can. So then you have Houston Outlaws, they had two and five. Which yeah, that that's not indicative. Um, would you say Houston and Florida are sitting very similarly right now? <laughs> I think that I think. I th I, th uh, I think I would agree, but I think that's a less because I think that they're uh, both like equal teams and more of, I don't know exactly where to put Houston right now. Um, yeah. Also, I Same. don't know where to put any team right now because of hero pools. But if I had to, I think that at least with, with the, with the resources in terms of like who they have with Houston, I think I would put them, one or two spots above Florida near, but not similar. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Like that. Yeah. They're, they're definitely kind of around there for sure. Okay, cool. As um, of right now. Yeah. Could change. 
So sorry, I I didn't mean to. No, you're good. Derail All there. Gucci. Let's talk about the second one. This is a surprising one. What's Par- though? What's I, though? So I, um, I, yes, I would say though. Yes, I would say a three to zero against Paris, a team that you were sure. making an argument was top five, if not top three. Yep. Getting swept. Still think that, by the way, by Houston. And I don't think you're wrong. Um, yeah. And let's talk a little bit why Paris, I think, underperformed here. Um, yeah. First and foremost, we did see a completely different look. Not a completely different look, but we saw a largely different look. On Saturday than we did on yes. Sunday. Completely different. I, I don't think we have any insider info on this. So just from your read on it, really. did Paris intentionally plan and think that these heroes or these players would be better against Houston? So they're like, you know oh. what? Let's put in no smite. Let's take out XE. Right? Ben Best. Sorry. Let's put in yeah. Ben Best. Let's take out XE. Uh sure. And we think that that gives us the best chance to be Houston or did they misread the meta? And then on Sunday go, you know what? We, we need XZ. We need, Mm -hmm. um, we need to, uh, put in, uh, no smite. Yes. And that's, that's, I think that's exactly what happened. And that's probably going to continue. Can we, can we jump in? But because uh, uh, we need to activate chat because before we commit to any, like, you know, uh, coffee mug readings, uh, I, I remember that someone from Paris said that No Smite was supposed to play, but he but was like, um, "Yeah, they they were under too, or he was under too much stress, and then decided against it or something like that." Maybe someone can dig up that comment. I don't know. I, I read it somewhere before the show, but I was eating. Uh, I'm not hundred percent okay. sure, but yeah, let's find it. Uh, I mean, like, sure, that's that's fair, but I don't know that that necessarily means that they planned for anything like something came up they had to change the roster that's fine um but i still think that they just didn't have a great idea of what people are running how to run things and they had a better idea with with fusion chat said no smite benched himself for houston who's the chat due to nerves yeah Yeah, i read that somehow how and was it avala who said that Avala. I, I I know that she said I'm that sure. Hanbin was still sick. Yeah. Or or Hanbin has been sick. Yeah. Take that with a grain of salt, but like I I'm pretty sure I read Hanbin that from suffered an official from the source. flu a whole week, even to the point he started having bleeding nose during the match. Send this boy some love. Um yeah. that was something that came out kind of after. Yeah. After the weekend was finished. Uh anyways, we'll we'll kind of keep looking at it because there was um Cruz said, my whole team is ill and I'm the one last one standing going to be keeping my distance from gray. So, okay. So at the very least, and, and sorry, we don't have these exact comments. <laughs> um, yeah. The, you know, Paris for whatever reason, we saw a very different look. So mm. the, the, now the, the two plausible things are, it was a misread. Like we thought we would have a better team or a better squad this way. And turns out that sometimes you just got to let XC. Um, that's number one. Number two is a lot of players weren't feeling very well. And so they put together what they thought a better look would be. Um, and then, uh, people felt better by Sunday and then they let XC. Also very plausible, both plausible, but either way, to say which one. 
yeah. but very different teams. If you if you remove the nameplates and put Paris Saturday versus Paris Sunday, um, I don't know that you'd be able to tell that it was the same team. Totally. Different, I mean, this was this was I think uh, pretty shocking. <laughs> Dream tweeted out some. <laughs> his tweet uh that, that said like, was we have quite, better quite players, the narrative point better players at all six positions we're gonna win tomorrow um was great and they definitely delivered on it uh i i wonder do you joe think houston would win against sunday paris the paris that beat philadelphia Fusion? i still think it would be close um but if but if we're going to assume that Houston has one game to prepare for and they get to prepare for a team that they get to see in advance, um, yeah, I do, I still think that Houston has an edge. Okay. I think this this specific meta favored them extremely well. Um, I still don't know if Paris comes into this with different preparation. Like, there's a lot of things that that change, you know, with this butterfly effect. So, um, yeah. I, I still give this to Houston in a and again. I thought this was going to be a five game series, but um, yeah, Paris just showed up very weak. Yeah, it was kind of surprising, huh? Like a little bit. This was the very one decisive. that I would. This was the match I would have put money on because the oh the with odds those odds, were, yeah. How can yeah, you not? The odds were almost four to one. Eighty twenty? Are you kidding? Yeah. Just uh, gimme, gimme. Yeah, it was um, something else. <laughs> I might even bet on Boston. Similar odds. Oh yeah, so I Air did. So are- I did my my picks. I actually did uh, pick. I ended up switching and picking Boston. Yeah, I like. That's where we're at. Like that. Yeah. That's a thing right now where there are going to be some some crazy upsets that nobody's going to be able to see coming. Just because of how much hero pools have changed things. Yeah. So it it's, was it's it's wild. Good teams don't necessarily prepare or have the resources or have the the manpower or our staff to be able to do everything the best. That 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 is a question that everybody has to answer now or has to reevaluate. The bet the good teams should in general continue to do well, but it's a variance. There are so there's so much more variables. In well, and, and right what's made a good team in the past doesn't necessarily, and this is yes. something we've discussed, doesn't necessarily make them a good team right now. Yep. yep. You know, if you know, to we have that, to we have to reevaluate what is good, which teams do it well, and then test the test the hypothesis. Like it, it's not it's not dismissive to say the system is reset or we have to soft reset. But it's it's a reality of the things, the environment that we're in. Things have reset. Things have changed. It'd be no different than a patch change coming in and saying, hey, maybe this is the better comp. If this is the better comp, then which teams are good at that comp? Sometimes it's not just the best team of the last comp. I think it's I think it's a pretty safe, uh, pretty safe assumption. Uh, yeah, sorry, I'm talking smack to chat right now for no reason whatsoever. Uh yeah, Boston. Let's let's talk Boston justice since we're there. Uh, <laughs> uh, strippable. Yep. Uh, so Boston uh did not overtake Boston the Washington sucks. justice. 
So th- they're coming at us with largely this double main tank, or not double main tank, but whatever, Arisa Sigma, if, if you want to yeah, call that main tank shields. or not. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. This this very double shieldy, kind of slow-moving, difficult-to-engage composition. Um, and uh, they they still almost... There's a few points where they, they could have actually kind of yes. walked away with... This was a 3-1 that could have easily been a 3-2, could have easily gone the other way. Like, it was not, this was not a good win for Washington, in my opinion. It was not a good Um, game. It was just not a good game in general. And and funnily enough, we we called on Corey last week. We actually got a lot of sh** because we didn't go on for 20 minutes about how Corey could play Hanzo. We, hey, yeah. there's, we mentioned it, guys. I don't know. If, if, we I talked feel about like it. We mentioned I, it. I Guess how much Hanzo he played. <laughs> yeah. Shocker. Like, that's, he has a great tracer. I think we, I think, did we, we not all kind that. of agree with that? Yeah. 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 So, uh, I but, but the biggest thing is, is I, I, I don't think that Corey was the one that actually stepped up here. Uh, for me, it was Stratus. I think Stratus um, was my standout player. Uh, well, stand out the player that stepped up to make this not a losing Boston match. Mm. And I know you probably don't agree with me, but um, it's not that I don't agree. I just don't remember it that way. But I think that yeah, I think his sombra was just kind of nasty. There are some points yeah, too where no. he just got. I think some some. I think his EMPs are pretty doo doo. His, if I remember. And so that was the thing is he had, he had a couple of really big and kind of lucky EMPs where he was even yeah. like May ulting or he was EMPing May ults and stuff and, and, sure. and eating those like from that perspective. Uh, but yes, you're right. I think that his EMPs were probably the the least impressive part, but he was mm. just able to put out enough damage and pressure. And Jerry is... I think quite clearly not a Sombra. Uh, no. Sombra <laughs> aficionado oh. by any means. That, that's another thing. If if you take Paris of Sunday and put them against, or I'm sorry, not Paris. Uh, if you take Boston of Sunday and put them against Washington of Saturday, or just Washington in general, uh, I think that they probably do better. I think they might actually beat Justice. Boston seemed like they have a they had a way better read on what they wanted to do or maybe what they were playing into on Sunday and on Saturday, they kept running this like base Sombra stuff and it's just so low damage and it's so ultimate run and focused that if every single ultimate doesn't like consistently get you value, there's no way for you to be proactive without ults. You kind of just have to dry run, dry run, get ults. Hopefully you win that fight. And if you don't, God help you. It's, so uh, I, I think maybe it was again it was a bad read if they switch up their read and have something different I think the game again might be a 3-2 and it might be Boston's way yeah. Jerry's not a one trick that I think that's been concluded he yeah. can play quite a different a, f- a few things He's so far serviceable but, at least yeah. the, it still comes down to he's not quite and it might not be his fault but oh for sure he it's slashed the team not. around him has not quite allowed him to put up to you know the the performance that you kind of need to be a yeah even a mid-table team Mm -hmm. in the league yep 
they they have gems. Boston has you know ways out. They just have to bring everybody else up. Like Yunbong, very solid, very good. Jerry looks to be quite quite a consistent staple of this team, and hopefully can continue to try to lead them to to a win. Um, that isn't Houston in map seven, uh, but it it results in everybody trying to play better. And again, I, I would I would assume that there's going to be a meta they get right that is in their favor, and they they perform an upset. It's bound to happen. Um, again, looking at season one, Diva, it, he'd probably do a lot better. Honestly, maybe yeah. So it's 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 bound to happen. Boston is going to get better. Um, for how long? Tough to say. Um, let's go to Paris Eternal versus Philadelphia Fusion. Uh, this was uh, a surprising one, to say the least, and uh, a, a close one. So Paris Eternal go up two to zero, I believe, yeah. right? And then Fusion battle back, bring it to two to two. We go to map five. Paris they Eternal uh, yep. win. Uh, it was um. So we already talked about why we didn't see, why we don't think we saw XZ and, and no smite. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's talk about the subsequent implosion on maps three and four. And this is something that we've seen now, I would say at least once or twice a week where a team, team goes up two and zero, two to zero mm-hmm. and loses map three and oftentimes map four. Why do you have any ideas? Like, is this just like, small sample size coincidence is this coaching and teams adjusting is this just the fact that we're you know going to a different map type and you know we've seen you know the map one me or the the week one meme was two c or uh, uh king of the hill just yeah when control lose the game yeah when or, control lose the game bunch of teams won map one and then yeah. you know get get three out the the following three maps so is this just another one of those situations? Like what, what do you think is going on here? It could be a number, like you said, a number of things. I don't think there's like a consistent like theme with any of these. Um, and it, it gets more cloudy with hero pools. Um, there are, there can be, there are, okay. So to start this off, there were already teams. There have been teams for as long as I can remember that favor certain game modes and certain maps, right? That continues and gets more cloudy with how chaotic the meta can be and how weird the different looks um, tend to tend to be within hero pools. So it's it's really difficult to say it could have been the maps. It could have been an adjustment. I would have to, again, like sift through to figure out, okay, maybe what's changed. You know, how how are they are they being more aggressive? They're being more passive. It, It nothing was completely obvious to me. Um, there were some some general things that were a little obvious, and and part uh, part of it came from exactly what they were running, and how that really didn't fit them, versus some sort of miraculous you know change that they made at halftime, or maybe it was the maps. It was it it's it felt like again a bad read. You're putting I think Wolf uh, hit one major nail on the head for me, um, putting Ivy on a. a very predominantly hits can hero when he's never really been asked to do that. I mean, it's tough. What it's, can it's you do? Yeah. It's definitely not conducive to a victory. And, and yeah, what, what can you do because you don't have the tools? That's, I think that's Look, a great, yikes, right? hundred percent. He's, it would have been great, but yeah. not of age. But yeah. then what do you do? 
that's that's kind of the big question on the wall because Philly was a good team. Why aren't they good now? Well, because the meta kind of put them in a weird spot. Does uh, does a three two loss to Paris make them not a good team? I think in a lot of people's eyes, this moves them where I think they should be, especially after last week. Um, I don't think they would stop being they They ha- definitely haven't stopped being a good team, but I think this stops them from being the f- best team. Five and one, right? Like totally. Yeah. But this, this already opens up a discussion of, well, what if we get another double hit scan meta? If I they mean, don't have Hisu, is Ivy going to be able to play what is demanded of him? Or do they have the the brain power to come up with something else that is equally as good that fits a zero pool? I don't know. It's tough to say. I mean, they're five and one because they played their five victories outside of hero pool. Right? Yeah, that's fair. I think this is just like um, another this player where we can't really like power rankings don't function that way anymore. I think. I think. Really, teams are probability clouds where they like we. I think that we will always be able to discern like differences in quality between like shock and Boston. That's easy, right? I don't think it's it's going to be at all possible to discern between a even like a top of the bottom five and an, a playing team. I don't think there's a quality difference. Uh, easily discernible because of uh, the different meta iterations. I think we're all just like in this, you know, it's like all very hazy and nebulous and like, you know, like ungraspable and like, of course, like transitive properties of going like Houston beat Paris beat Philly doesn't make sense. Also, because when we look at the server, (laughs) like who played or whatever, (laughs) Like th- those things yeah. don't make sense anymore. Um, but I will also entertain the, the thought that Houston was actually in the, on that weekend, one of the best teams at, at the weekend. I'm fine with that. I don't think that's wrong. Like from the, from what, what the common understanding was of what the meta is. I think uh, Houston had one of the better executions and better reads and better gamble uh, yeah. like they better, they fell better into that meta, mm-hmm. and um, they got the card they wanted on the river. Yes, and they probably would have also uh, played very well against the fusion if not beaten them. Yes, yes, I think it would. I don't think I could predict like in good faith. Like I'd, I'd have to put a lot of mustard on that hot dog. I'd have to like entertainment value that up real high. <laughs> but I think you could give you could give Houston a couple maps against Philly like right now, like. This is this is they have a very strong hand with what they've been dealt. I think they would have won this weekend. Would you have said that before beforehand though? No, no, no. Okay. I think yes, I think there is a reality where so because we've seen the evidence. Stays, so if Europools would stay exactly the same and Houston plays Philly next weekend, do you think they'd win? Next weekend might be a slightly different That's tough, yeah. Yeah, story we'd have to look at the the variables but like if they played this weekend, I think that's a yeah. Without without being easy. able to play the meta before, yeah. Let's say they this is the first time they're playing. Game yes, that weekend. Right, there's a chance. Theoretically and we, possible, right? We only know that there's a, there's a chance because we saw them play. So we it's it's not a prediction you can make beforehand. 
But after, yes. if you try to compare the two teams, exactly. Houston looks yeah. a lot stronger than Philly does right now. Yes. Yeah. And that's well, right yeah, not now, even right now, last week. Yeah, yeah, this yes. last week. Yes. Because yeah. now, right yeah. now is not right now. It's a preview show. Or <laughs> yeah. review. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You get yeah. it. Yeah. You get yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, what, a, what a cluster. <laughs> Jeez. All right. And so, by the way, that is, that is literally the worst team being better uh, at a weekend than literally the best team the week before. Yep. And now we Would are. Would you have put Philadelphia Fusion as the best team? I think you have to. I mean, just based on their records and like and against who they did it, and, and they beat NYXL at least in the like, in the May meta, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, you you could probably make arguments that we would have to see more from Shock and Titans, yes, but yes, at, for sure in the sure. Atlantic, yeah, whatever, yeah. From yeah. what we've seen from the Atlantic, well, I mean, Shanghai hasn't played, hasn't played, so like, yeah, there's, sure. we've at least we've seen Shock and we've seen um, Vancouver, Vancouver, but very briefly. Yep. And not necessarily against the most competitive teams. There's just, you know, they might as well have not played. So of the teams that have had their, you know, basically of the Atlantic teams. Yeah, I think you'd have to put Fusion in first. And I think purely based on the fact that they beat NYXL. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, otherwise, maybe I think, not purely, but and I mean, sure. beat everything else that got in. Yeah, front but, of I mean, but I mean, if NYXL okay, so. beats Fusion, I don't think that you could still yeah, say that's Fusion. different. Yeah, yeah. right. Then so that's what yes. I'm saying. Yeah. So if, yeah, if they yeah, don't yeah. play or if you take that out of it. I think you'd still say that Fusion is better than NYXL pre hero pools. Mm-hmm. If you take like yeah. pretend that NYXL, we don't have the knowledge of NYXL and Fusion playing. Um. Yeah. So, OK, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Let's talk about NYXL. NYXL versus Washington Justice. I don't think there's a whole lot to digest here. Um, but uh, how did you feel about this uh, NYXL team kind of returning to some of that dive that we have come to know and love them for? I thought it was kind of strange that they didn't play with Sabiel B all that much. Obviously, I think he started. Um, but was subbed out I and then came in. Was only one, and then, yeah, yeah it was I, I kind of assumed that the rest of the way. I kind of assumed that he would have played more. Um, this seems like a very good meta for him. Obviously, it's a great meta for Nene as well. But because of the environment that they're in, because of hero pools and how chaotic things are, and with how much travel, and if he's supposed to be this vocal leader, I figured this was a great time to see him to try and keep people on track, to try and think of things on the fly, to try and really be that coach's arm that I keep trying to force him to be, but maybe he just isn't. Um, yeah, it, it's it's weird. I figured we'd see more him or of him. Um, glad to see Libra. Um, and yeah. Why can't NYXL move. just give us what we want? <laughs> Every week, it's like, all right, here's, here's the deal. You can have, you can have Libero now. You can have Libero. Yeah, but we can't. But it's it's not that Sabiolby. I wanted Sabiolby. I, I I don't really want to see him. I just figured we would. But like, I like seeing Nene. I think Nene is a better player. Yeah, I agree. But we, we, also, you also want think he's to a better see Sabiolby. Not really. You want, he needs be, to probably just move into a coaching role. You want to, like, you want to nah, see Sabiolby. No, nah, Title of the really. show is Joe wants to see Sabiolby. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> I couldn't care less. Um, 
yeah, I, I, I generally speaking, I think Nene is probably the better player. Sabioli probably just needs to be a coach, and that's that. He definitely still has value for the team, but I, I agree with yeah. you. It's it's not as um as playing heroes. It's the leadership role. Yes, it's the yep. yeah. I agree. I agree. But we but you want to see Sabioli? No, no. Joe just in I'm DMs, just like hey. Can you show me your Sabiobi? It it would be it would be just like saying, please. Like, let's imagine next week's meta has a lot of Genji. I would assume you would see who are you. Do I want to yes. see who are you? Not really. Really on Genji? Okay, now I if, there, if there's somebody if there's somebody else Sabioli. that can play it better, I want to see that person. I just want to see Sabioli. Yeah, but I I don't so just want to see who are you. Yeah, but who are you? See, like Genji's the only pick. I'm I'm convinced he's better than Liberat. Sure. If that's the so, case, then I, I want to see, see that. But I, I don't, I don't like because I, I think somebody's going to do something. Doesn't mean I want right. them to. Sure. All right. Sure. Not, not, not to you, John. This is more towards the YouTube comments that I'm sure will be. True. <laughs> yeah, but you wanted to see Sabiobi though, but right? You see he just, yeah, he's, exactly. like they, they're all the same. They just want to see that Sabiobi. That's great. Dirty gamers. That's really, and I will say this: Sabiobi is so healthy for Overwatch League as an esport. Yeah, it's it's a good because it's one of the few personalities that we actually have that people sure. are really excited. Like NYXL has done some of the best job in elevating their players uh, yep. to. I don't want to say transcend their franchise, but to transcend a franchise. Their franchise. Yeah. yeah, like uh, yeah. So it's um, yeah. I think it's we important just, to probably see, see to have him see playtime. To keep him fresh, keep him, you know. This is not saying Sabiobi is better. This is not saying no. that NYXL will win more games with Sabiobi. No, probably lose more. But it just means that you come like pie. But in terms of odds, and yeah. this is what we're playing now, we're playing odds. You want people to be fresh. You want people to be experienced. You want you want people to have that stage time to be able to you know facilitate within that team. Yeah, giving him games when you can, especially against the Justice. This I'm going to be honest. Good this idea. whole Sabioli conversation got away from me, and I think I'm now making a point that I never intended to make. So, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Can I, just, can I turn it around and put it on the next veteran? Sure. Manu is not looking that nice, dude. No. Like he was, he was definitely always one of the elite tanks in all, pretty much since he's played competitive Overwatch. But why do you think that, dude? Is he that? was. I'm not sure. Why? Why is he turbo feeding? Like, it's is it, is it because things are chaotic and messy in the team? Maybe, maybe the uh, the um, to specify just oh, just the you mean ecosystem. That. Yeah, it it could be possible that Mano is one of those players that needs to uh, refine uh, mm -hmm. over a longer period of time. Definitely possible. Definitely also possible that uh, the synergy is not that uh, yeah there yet with like deep no. dives and but he was definitely like some of the stuff. Main tanks always look like pretty dumb when they go in by themselves. Oh, yes, yeah, so 100%. Like slow, right? But they if look he makes the worst the call, when they go underperform. in. Like, if you're the main tank and go, like, okay, everyone ready? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Okay, I'm going in. Three, two, one. Yo, what's Where going on? Where are you? The follow -up? Well, there was a Muma in my backline, bro. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> then, 100%. Uh, then that's, uh, yeah. I 
I, I do feel a lot for main tanks because that can be the case where it's not necessarily their fault that they're feeding. It just the stats say that your eyes tell you that. But there's something intrinsic about why that happened that it's so difficult to be able to tell or know. Yeah, that's a good point. They they look the worst when they're doing poorly and yeah. you can easily blame them. But I think almost anybody underperforming right now can be kind of excused with with how chaotic hero pools yeah. are you're you're again to, to kind of come back to the uh the formula one analogy if immediately the next day you're asked to be a dirt bike racer and then after that you're asked to be a jujitsu specialist you're gonna look worse at him even if you were a black belt in jujitsu this is such a bad I'll- analogy <laughs> It's a great analogy. <laughs> They're wildly yeah, different the things. I know, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's just we're but, just gonna get killed for making these. See, well, that's fine. Good. These I, I get I'm the happy about this, dude. Like, come on, <laughs> flame him. But okay, here's a hot take. I think that's just what happened to Muma. Like everyone's like, oh yeah, we got him off Ryan. No, we got we got outlaws off Ryan. Yes. Like, it's not that mm. Muma is necessarily a terrible Reinhardt, and I also don't think anyone on Houston thinks that Muma is a terrible Reinhardt. I don't think yeah. it would say terrible, but... It's, it's more that the team doesn't play around it well, and that also translates, of course, into a player's confidence in what he can play, or what kind of plays he makes. Sure. But I think... Sure. I think, like... People who know don't think his his monkey is necessarily that better. much more transcendently better than does, Israel. Does anybody remember Dive when like Houston wouldn't even play Moomon Monkey season one? Yeah, well, they would they would opt to catch Dive. They they were the yeah, kind of innovators for like counter Dive. It, it's not like Muma is known for his monkey or played it successfully in like season one or anything like that. Like. Yep. If I remember correctly, he was playing. I, I think he played right. a fair. He definitely played a lot of Winston, but they were the ones to really develop the Arisa. Maybe hog, I might just know, be Junkrat. completely misremembering then. So I don't know. Send your angry emails to the tactical crowd chat. I don't give a f- dot com. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I could. I, I think. Yeah, I think. I, Generally, I think I agree with the sentiment Giska's trying to get across. I just don't know that you could convince me that his Ryan is very good. I, I just think don't know if you can convince me that a, Muma is a very good main tank, period. I'm sorry. I just like... Uh, yeah, I, I don't I know if maybe. you can say... Like, I like Muma. Yeah. Uh, I just want to see Muma play. He's my Sabi Obi of the Outlaws or whatever. Like, I'm just kidding. Uh, Jesus. I'd but, like to see hydration play, to be fair. Um... <laughs> I don't, but I don't think I've ever seen, uh, I, I don't ever think I've seen Muma be consistent enough and, um, adaptive enough to play main tank. Well, I just don't like, I'm just, I'm trying to think. And again, like, I don't know. Season one's kind of a blur at this point. No, he was just the outstanding play on, on, but yeah, but I, but was it on, um, he, he was, uh, and again, I'm trying to remember those moments where it's like, 
when was he good and why was he good? And I can't, I can't place it for season one. So I'll be honest. I just, mm. but I don't, I just don't think he's that fantastic of a main tank. No. If, if you had to judge him against all the main tanks in the league, like right now, I think he'd probably be like below 50, right? Like below that average line. Yeah. 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 I'm not, yeah. Not super. I think everyone that, just but... thinks they're like. All right, I take it, like, I take it back. It's like I, terrible, I, like last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, That's no, what, no, what no. People, I don't. Yeah, yeah sure. I just like, and, and I, I I know for a fact, and people are saying in chat, and I agree, there were points in season one where he was largely considered a, a very, very good yeah. main tank. I can't remember what he was playing at the time. I can't remember what specifically the the <laughs> meta stars were, the meta tea leaves <laughs> or whatever they were doing. Um, I just remember that since that point, after that fell off, I don't think yeah. we've ever had a Muma is a top five blank conversation. But like again, like it's it's basically the bumper discussion where some people say his way of playing Reinhardt is not even Overwatch League level, and some people say he's top three and it worked very well uh, in Titans. Right? Sure. It's like a like how does the puzzle piece fit type of yes. situation and that is not true for like they are definitely puzzle pieces that have four corners they're their own puzzle yes. and they're now playing for lucky future right like <laughs> all of them <laughs> yes all of them <laughs> that's a great one I like that we'll keep that one yeah but yeah that they're definitely like you know some some players have that one Noopsie thing that fits nicely into a team. So and then, then I guess the question is, if you know that going into the third season you've played with him, do you do you not try to give him players that play within his style? True. Why is it within the third season? You can you can say that season one he did okay or, or good, and then you know probably fell off when their style got figured out. Um, with him playing super aggressive or them playing counter dive is Ryan didn't look, you know, their goats wasn't great. Yeah. <laughs> is that necessarily his fault? <sighs> Tough to say, but now we're going into the third season of him playing. And so far, not great. Is it the people around him at that point? Or is it him? Or is it a mixture of both? I also understand the, the like the staff and coaches and even players like willingness to to rally around him and and back him up because I I think that there's probably like a potential there that people see and have seen like in scrims and otherwise sure, I, sure. I don't know if we've seen um his best look and also like the outlaws just overall haven't been a great team how often have you kept a a, a player on a semi bad you know, bottom third team totally and been like, and kept them all three years and be like, especially at the tank role, yep. be like, yeah, but this is a, a top tank or, you know, whatever. Like, I just don't think that that happens. Yeah. It like, look at Sato. Like, Sato didn't get to play season one. He got to play at the end when his band was up, which that's a whole nother discussion. Um, season two, they completely mental boomed with goats. Now we're seeing an actually healthy Philly with a good main tank. And it just happens to be the same tank that everybody thought was completely garbage. Maybe that's the case with Muma. And this is their mental boom season. I don't know. It's tough. To, it's really hard to say. But if you're going to commit to somebody for three seasons, you have to see something. 
I am also I, not. I, I find it very difficult that you're just that incompetent. I am also not married at all to the idea that Muma is not a great main tank. Sure. I'm just like, that's not like a, that's not something you can put on my tombstone. That's not something yeah, yeah. that like, I'm going to embroider on a shirt. Uh, it'd be a great shirt, by the way, to put like on your, that's what I would do. If I was a championship level team that came back from like a, or like that, a team that won a championship that came back from like kind of an underdog status, I would mm. like go through podcasts and articles that like shit on your players and I would have them embroidered in championship t-shirts and I would send them to the a free one. I would say I would send them to whoever said it. Yes. I'm, that I'm about to start making some, uh, making some harsh statements and get some free clothes. But yeah, so it's, um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, I'm not married. I'm not married to the idea and I have no problem being wrong about Muma. So don't even try to like, spit some knowledge on YouTube. I'm just going to delete your comment. Um, yeah. All right. Last one, Boston uprising versus Atlanta rain. Uh, we're not really going to talk about uprising. There's not really much to talk about with that match. There God isn't bless. except that we, we, we saw Atlanta again and we saw, um, a, a different look. And, uh, the first one was at DPS. We saw Edison in completely for baby Bay. Uh, whereas we just saw baby Bay. I think previously, do we see Edison on one map before? No, I'm not sure. Not to my, not to my. I can't. I can't remember. Sure but it's just baby. We'll Bay. just say baby Bay because Yiska was molding about it. Yeah. Uh. So we saw. So so Yiska, since you were molding about oh. it, uh, how did you feel about Edison Erster? Edison. Um. Oh. Versus baby Bay Erster. Uh. This week. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it was nice. It's like it's kind of. Let's be honest, that match is just like, you know, watching a, a good boxer that could fight for the title spar some guy from the streets. It's, open it's, gym the, first, it's the first match of a Rocky sequel. Yeah, exactly. Has to, yeah. Has to fight, you know, for the undercard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, to keep food on the table. But, um,. Yeah, I, I'm glad that we that we saw something like that. But um, yeah, generally, um, um, yeah, I, 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 okay, I didn't pay that much attention to that match. I didn't either, dude. I can. This was late at night. These matches don't stick out to me anyway. Like, there's not nothing really that my mind attaches to. Um, which also explained my blunder about fate earlier. But um, happens. It's. Yeah, it, that's just like I, I watched the first map. It's cheeks being clapped. I surf while watching the the, the match, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I I can't can't really debate that topic. Uh, I was also playing another game, watching this match. Like, even if it wasn't Hero Pools, this match probably would not be very interesting to watch. True. Um, True. Even with Edison coming in, it's tough to even give him any credit because this is this is a uh, what we assume is going to be a top tier team versus Boston. Yeah, it 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 really might as well be a scrim. It might it really might as well just be another contenders team that they're just kind of beating up on. Um, I want to see them. You know, they're going to have a very interesting week next week, but we'll get into that on Wednesday. Uh, that'll be a lot more indicative of exactly where they're at, where their heads are at, who's playing what how they're playing against, you know, actual opponents. That'll be super interesting. And 
very okay. fun to talk about. So um, maybe the answer is going to be the same then for the tanks because uh, Boston or not Boston Atlanta has given us three very different looks at the tank uh, lineup position. So against Toronto, yep. we saw poke poke Gator. And then Paris, we saw Pokebo Hawk. And this past week, we saw Gator Hawk, um, who both come from Atlanta Academy, correct? Like that was that was their Gator Hawk, duo, yep. right? Gator Hawk, yes. Okay, yep. cool. I just want to make sure I wasn't. Uh, it's all good. <laughs> that, that pitcher, Yiska. <laughs> Every time he takes a drink, yeah, you just from the. It, it, the I think somebody in chat did ask if that's like a Brita filter. It is. is it, it is. It's it, just with the top off of it. Yeah. You just yeah. too lazy to put it in a cup. Yeah. Well, it's not it even. Doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't fill that. You know, like then like disc space. It, disc it, space. Disc space. Yeah. Well, there's also like, space? have you ever walked around yeah, with like a jug? Takes, like you know, like a lot of like weightlifters and people who are like really active walk around with like a big gallon jug of water. When I was doing wrestling, we. Yeah. Walked around with a gallon jug of water and you drank right from that because it helped you like manage your progress. You know, it's one thing uh, to have eight sixteen yep. ounces glasses, eight sixteen ounce glasses of water. It's another thing to have just one gallon jug that you know how far through it you are. Yep, I get it. All right, uh, I just have it by my PC every time. Like fill it up in the morning and want to get through it by the time I'm going to bed. That's pretty much what. I do. Uh, all right, sorry. Back to, <laughs> back to back to the Atlanta Reigns tank looks. Yeah. So we yeah. saw those three. Uh, any any um, insights into this tank shuffle at all? Like, do we know why we're seeing <laughs> it? Like, is it spreading playtime? Is there some sort of dynamic thing that they're doing it? I personally think that they're just testing out some different looks. Um, yep. combined with like, let's just not do something on like obviously against the meta, but like let's mm-hmm. give some different uh looks here. They they've got str- three strong tanks. Yeah, agreed. I think it's just like trying out styles, right? That's what what's happening. Uh, they were doing that in preseason already. Um, they distinct play styles that these uh front lines each play um it's probably a good idea in the hero pool uh situation to have one meta assigned for or like especially in these warm-up games basically to uh just keep everyone in check i don't mind that as much like it's not to me it's not really the uh sebiobi nene situation because they, no game was seriously threatened by it and no. I think uh, Pogba is also more capable tank than Sebiobi is a DPS at this point. So, yeah, I don't have a an issue with that at all. Yeah, it's there. There's a lot of very plausible uh, reasons that you would want to. Uh, maybe it is trying to keep everybody fresh, giving them game time. You know, this isn't a match that I think you could even try to lose, um, or you'd have to try very hard to lose. Like somebody would have to be like playing with their feet. Um, which has happened in esports. Don't don't even come for me, YouTube chat. That has happened. True. Somebody yeah, has happened. tried. Somebody has won and you know uh, has played and won playing with their feet. So I think they would disqualified for that. Wasn't that such a scandal or something? Like that? I don't. I don't think so. But maybe we're talking about two different things. Um, yeah, maybe. 
it could be that in this particular meta, Gator and Hawk have more synergy on the the, the heroes that need to have synergy or want to have synergy. That's actually um, a really good point. Like, you know, if 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 you are adding the additional variable, right, of hero pools, mm-hmm. uh, familiarity is probably a bonus. Definitely. Right? Like, it, it, sh- it shouldn't hurt you. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. No, so, not at all. Yeah. So um, it's, it's, it could be a mix of a lot of different things. It's tough to kind of give them one out. Um, I don't know that there will be any, any very clear opinions or topics with hero pools at the moment um until we get like a vast number of sample sizes to kind of really figure out like and okay teams sure 100 percent um okay. because atlanta has not had the strongest strength of schedule as of their debut um so yeah it's it's a tough tough to say exactly where they are i still think they're probably a, a better team than people probably give them credit for um just on their face and and looking at their record i think they're very well prepared i think they're very solid they're they're strong their tank line's very good. They have a deep DPS roster. They have a deep everything. Their, their whole roster is deep. Um, yeah, this this probably will be a, a good team by the end of the season, and probably will make playoffs without being in plans. Still, so yeah. you're you're not throwing in the um, the towel yet on Atlanta based on their loss to Paris. Yeah, no, I think that was just a misjudgment of how good Paris was. Yeah, because I think if you progress in a non-hero pool world, I think people come around to the idea that Paris was better than Philly. Yeah, that's true. It, we just we just did not have a good read on them because they didn't have Hanbin week one. That kind of skewed data, so everybody could go back and try to. There sure. there are legs to that argument to say, well, they weren't good then. Why does one player necessarily jump them that high? You know, yeah. put them at such a high ranking. So that's yeah. going to happen again. That's the scary part. They're yeah, going to yeah. get Sparkle in. So if they can integrate him in, imagine what this team can do. So Boston, though. Um, okay. Bo- Boston, really quick. Uh, they're, they're trying to jam Arisa Sigma in this meta. They've been trying yeah. to jam it the whole time. Um, jam them why, why? Like, if you had to guess why they're trying to do this, is this a stylistic thing? Are they not confident in their diva? Do they think that, you, like, this is w- their best chance of winning? Like, if, if you had to... You know, I'm like, hey, I'm going to give you a hundred dollars if you try and give me your best answer to this. <laughs> I think the the answer is they kind of feel they gotta do something wacky at this point, right? Like, I I don't I don't think that that's wacky no? though. I don't think that that's like too far off. Really? Um, nah, not not sure. to not to be considered like cheese. I don't think. I think it's still like plays within like a framework that people are pretty like used to um i don't see that their style looking completely and vastly different um obviously like certain picks can facilitate like a brand new style but it doesn't seem like sigma is that character so i i think there's less less of an argument to be had that they're trying to cheese people or trying Mm -hmm. to do something like off meta um i think you could say that the bunker style was technically off meta but even then, that's up for debate. Um, it, it was very clear that certain teams did think that Bunker was better and certain teams thought Dive was better. Mm-hmm. Tough tough to argue that as well. Um, I think there are arguments on both sides. Um, but in terms of Sigma, 
I, I think Mineral has come out um, at least uh, at, at one of the press conferences and said uh, that it was it felt like he was trying to point towards like some sort of frontline pressure gives you an extra shield versus like the soldier 76 comps um, you, yeah. you have hard CC versus dive so it's it's good into that but it is it is very slow um, I just don't see why diva couldn't do that as well like diva isn't great it's good into dive but it's not like fantastic i just don't know that sigma is that much better um diva is also very good at busting tanks um and bursting shields and being very mobile i think diva is probably just a better pick um yeah i don't know i i'd, I'd have to chalk that up the, the sigma discussion to just a bad read um just like how they had a bad read on the dps players that, or not the dps players but the heroes that they were playing um, I really didn't like the May Sombra. Uh, Florida, if I remember correctly, tried to run something very similar last year when they were really trying to look for some sort of win. Um, they ran a lot of May Sombra, and it's just so slow. It's a, it's a strong engine, and what I mean by engine is when you build an EMP and you don't have Blizzard, it builds your Blizzard because EMP is such a yeah. strong teamfight ultimate, right? So it engines right. in the snowball, hmm. or Blizzard. Blizzard EMP or builds into EMP, that EMP builds into your next Blizzard and you start to get that engine rolling. The problem occurs when your engine breaks and you miss your serve, right? I like the uh, bench mobs analogy all the time, especially in GOATS, is breaking somebody's serve and, and getting that tempo to disrupt. Once you break the engine, it's hard to get it back on. It's, it's hard to turn because now you have two of the same ultimates. You're not generating the alt of the other. You're not generating charge yeah, on the other. Yeah, ult. Yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Um, and so it's yeah. There's a few comps that run that way. Yeah, who that are that um, um, are very I w well. I would say are um, tempo or momentum based. You know, we've seen. Oh yeah, there like, there are a ton of comps that like, are super momentum based. You know, like that uh, we've seen Symmetra, where it's like you can run Symmetra until she dies. Yeah, and then you got to yes. get off. Uh, I think we've seen yeah. it with Doomfist a couple times too, where. It's like you can, far you can, back in the day yeah super so, super hard to read yeah, this this concept of like you know feeding your team and you know when you when you're winning you're compounding on that and you should maximize your time doing that and then once it stops working switch because you're not going to you know yeah. have success from you know the low ground you're not gonna you're anakin at this point and oh, no. uh yeah give yourself the grasshoppers Okay. <laughs> All right. We good? Like, I feel like there's a grasshopper bias on this podcast. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you both had way more atrocious comments than I I used your metaphor. Yeah, but you didn't read the temperature of the room and didn't oh, okay. realize it wasn't cool Are you anymore. tone policing me, sir? Jeez. Dude, you, like, you somehow aged 20 years in the span of an hour. <laughs> You you already knew that that was that 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 happened years ago. All right, we're done. We're out of here. <laughs> this is let's we're done. Uh, chat, thanks for being here. Hope you had fun. We went a little long on this one. Um, so you're welcome, unless you wanted a shorter podcast, in which case, f you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh God. Gremlins. Uh, we do have a couple of new patrons, don't we, Iska? Um, yes. And then their names are Eric F. 
that was dangerous. That could have been something. Okay. Thanks, Eric F. And Daniel S. For uh, the new patronage. Patronage? Pat 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 patronage. Does that, yeah, does that change? Is it like patronus? Don't patronize us. Um, but yeah, thanks thanks for supporting the show. We're getting close to the 500 uh, bucks goal. And uh, yeah, uh, by the way, like, I think we also would have to probably plan a game night in the next two weeks because the last week of the yes yeah, March, I'm um, to figure out a day. Well, hope, well, I, I committed. I think I committed to have an announcement on this podcast, but we're going to do it on the next one. We're gonna Maybe the post between, Who knows? Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, You'll know. Uh, Joe, what about five-star iTunes reviews? Coming in with a hot and fresh five-star five iTunes review is Krusty Santa MLG from the United States of America. So thank you for the five-star iTunes review. It really helps us out in terms of the algorithm and all that nerdy stuff. Um, so yeah, yeah, thank you so much for, uh, you know, promoting us and helping us uh, climb the uh, the old iTunes charts. Um, I, I do remember at least part of the comment. Um, and I, I think we're kindred spirits, me and, and Krusty Santam LG. <laughs> I have a feeling that we we may have uh, have the same opinions, but maybe I'm wrong. You're also both 60-year-old uh, maybe Midwestern women. It's possible. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Uh, and of course, again, a big thank you to our patron producers, Battle Crab Pin Lotion, Charlie L, Audio Compass, Pork Chop, Sam, Pork Chop Sammy, Tasha67, Coochie Salsa Boy 91. Thank you so much for your incredible support of the show. Um, other than that, uh, individual shout outs for the week and where people can find you. Yiska, go. Uh, as always, at uh, Yiska Ouch. Uh, hopefully my my arrangements go through in terms of um, being able to like really churn out content. And I will split it a little bit with Valorant, but um, yeah, so I can like really full time pump out content. And I've been slacking admittedly a little bit in, uh, recently. Other than that, um. Uh, Yiska out as always. Hang out like it's we, we've we've built this little click click in uh, on Discord when we're watching, and even though people like start out strong in terms of the numbers, and then eventually with our uh, let's call it uh, we just devolve into did you degenerates. just mute? He might have. Did he just? Mute? I think he's self muting. Oh I my god, I pressed the wrong button. I wanted to beep, but I <laughs> muted. <laughs> he muted uh, instead of beeped. So I was um, just like, what? <laughs> yeah. No, the uh we gotta like we gotta get a good thing going when we're not yes. being cyn overly cynical. And if you wanna hang out, join discord.me slash scout. Just hang out. Otherwise, my Twitter as always, twitter.com slash scout. You scout everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> Joe, what about you, man? Yeah, it's uh, same thing this week. Uh, you can find me everywhere at Volamel. That's V-O-L-A-M-E-L. Uh, alternate Overwatch history should be coming out either today or tomorrow. Um, these games kind of killed a little bit of the motivation. Took a lot more time than I expected them to. <laughs> um, so that's a little late regardless. That's coming, though. 
articles for this week, probably trying to judge who's good and what is going to be played uh, for this specific hero pool, which we'll probably get into on Wednesday. And yeah, who knows? Might be more videos, might be less videos. Uh, and then we'll figure out other content. Uh, but stay tuned. Nice. Uh, that's me. You can find me everywhere at Kick Tripod. Um, no supplementary com- content coming out. I think we're going to break out our our Hero Bullets conversation, upload it separately on YouTube for people to uh, delve into, sure. delve further. And uh, yeah, besides that, nothing, nothing big. Um, got a new job. Friday is Hell my yeah. last day at my existing one, so I'm really excited about it. It's like a dream job for me, so uh, more to come on that when I can talk more about it. Uh, other than that, follow me everywhere at Kick Tripod, Twitch, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, that's also where the show is posted, youtube.com slash kicktripod, twitch.tv slash kicktripod. Um, other than that, we're out of here, chat. We'll uh, see it on Wednesday for the uh, Week 6 preview. Until then... Uh, stay frosty or something. I don't know. Stay, stay frosty.